Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Dev Pod. I pray this episode blesses you. In the last few episodes, I've been talking about um, some of the miracles and encounters my friends and I experienced during our prep and travel to Bethel Church in Redding, California. You may start at episode four if you're just tuning in for the first time. This will be my last episode about this trip. I have a lot more stories, but I think I'll take a break now and return to them another time. So, um, because Nanjano de Kari last, on getting to the conference on day one, we met a trio of friends who were also from Lagos. As in, someone cannot even go to a far place like Bethel and not find another Nigerian. One of them was even one of my friends from secondary school and another one, a popular Lagos presenter, radio presenter. So every day we all tried to sit together, especially when we found good spots. So I think it was on the second day of the conference or maybe the third day, three students from the Reading School of Prophets came on stage and started talking to us, talking into the crowd. And they gave the most accurate word of knowledge and prophecies And one of the students in particular said God had given her a dream that the night before about a couple that would be in the conference, that they have five sons and God gave her specific details about each son and a follow-up prophecy for them. She started naming each child, their names and what they do, and then their prophecy or word of knowledge. Then she also named the parents and said they should stand up in the crowd. It was quite remarkable how we all went down. I'd never seen prophecy delivered this way before. Um, The accuracy was really scary. People she didn't know. Um, By the way, you can go and watch a lot of this conference on BethelChurch.tv. It's the Open Heavens Conference of 2017. And I believe it's also on YouTube. Then after this um, prophet finished, another student prophet came up and gave in a lady sitting two rows behind her such a powerful testimony about one of her children, or I would say powerful prophecy, but you know she was prophesying good things about one of her children and also about herself. And I can't remember the details, but we're all shaking in wonder the skills of these prophets, I mean, to date, I've never experienced such accuracy of prophecy, never encountered such since then. I mean, the Holy Spirit was not playing that day. Then the third student came on. Her name is Libby Gordon. Check her out. She started out by saying she's originally South African and that she's hearing a word like leka which is a word in her native Afrikaans language. As she continued toying with the word leka, she began to expand on it. And then she started to say leki, and that there are a group of people that are connected to leki. That is anyone in the crowd associated with the word leki. And we're all like, um, all six of us came from Lagos. All six of us that came from Lagos began to look at each other like, um, does she mean our own lecky in Lagos? Or is there another lecky in the world? And about three or four of us in our group lived in Lekki. And we weren't sure she was talking to all six of us or she was looking for one person specifically in our group. Then one of us stood up and 
a tirade of prophecies burst out from Libby towards her, and she hit the floor so quickly she never even heard her tremendous prophecy. While I was busy in wonder about all the stuff that was happening, because it was happening really quickly, I saw one of my friends, she started shaking violently, you know, Holy Spirit was coming down on her. And I was sort of laughing a little bit at the way she was really shaking. I I remember thinking in my mind, oh, she looks like a salted worm. And as that thought crossed my mind, I just found myself flying out of my seat. (laughs) Basically, Holy Spirit got me back. Um, The next thing, a number of ushers came and were holding me down and were trying to contain what was going on all around us. And now we were sat in the gallery mezzanine section of the conference center and the seats were layered theater style. So the seat behind us higher than ours and also the seat behind that one and so on. So it was quite awkward trying to jump out of my seat and ushers also struggling to hold me down, but that was exactly what it looked like. I was screaming, shouting. I couldn't even hear what Libby was saying anymore. The Holy Spirit just descending on all of us that day. Now, there's this guy that we had sat next to, I think, from the day before. He was Filipino, but from Norway, and was really into God. And we had marveled at his story when we had spoken to him during one of the breaks. Um, He had told us about how he found Christ, and somehow he'd found his way to Redding, California, and he really wanted to deepen his work with God. And we were just like, wow, you know, this place is really surrounded by people that are looking for God. And anyway, dude was taken by surprise. To be honest, I was taken by surprise by my reaction. And, you know, Libby continued, because he was one of the people that had to hold me down since he was sitting next to me. And Libby continued to prophesy over us what we would do in the town of Lekki, what our assignment for Lekki is. And it went on and on. It was explosive. You have to watch it. It's on Bethel TV. Um, I didn't hear most of what she said. I had to go back later on to listen to it. All of us were in a zone that day, and the entire conference of thousands of delegates with us, like, focused on us. In fact, I remember seeing our faces on the screens, and I remember one of the cameramen trying to get to our group quickly in order to capture the entire thing. Anyway, after the whole prophetic session, we were very embarrassingly we calmed down, and it was announced on stage to the benefit of the crowd that Lekki is a town in Lagos, Nigeria, and all six of us are from there. So everybody was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Why, you know, these girls that have been walking around, you know, just imagine six African-looking chicks just walking around this conference area and this small town for three, four days in a sea of white folk. And like, who are these girls? So it was great for people to put a story on us. Um... These are my favorite types of encounters, you know, the ones where you're not even expecting, you're not even asking God for an encounter. You just, you're just there and God just decides to pick you out and just bless you. So after that session, we went out for a tea break and Bill Johnson came out to the lobby. And when he saw us, he was like, the Nigerian girls. And that was how I met Uncle Bilo. We were lucky to get a picture with him, and he's proudly on my Instagram page if you have the energy to scroll back to October 2017. So anyway, later that evening, or maybe it was the next evening, I'm not even sure, but funny story, it was the last session of the conference, and the preacher, Mike Bickle, came up. He was incredible. You guys need to check him out. His name is Mike Bickle, B-I-C-K-L-E. He's the founder of the International House of Prayer, 
a ministry that has had a prayer chain going on for 24-7, for 24, it goes on 24-7 for several years now. He gave an amazing, an amazing message on the kingdom of God and the physical manifestation of Jesus. Anyway, so at the end, Mike Bickle said the Holy Spirit was going to come down on us. We should just raise our hands. Fire is coming. And if anyone feels fire, we should come forward or something like that. And normally I'm never one of those people who ever feels anything, who gets to run forward. It wasn't until I got to California that all these things started happening to me. And even even with all the things that happened over the previous days, I didn't even expect to feel any fire because it's just not something that happens to me normally. But anyway, he called on the Holy Spirit to come down that evening. And boy, oh boy, did the Holy Spirit come. It wasn't long before I was on the ground flapping about like a fish out of water. It was crazy. You know, it was so bad that what I was actually doing. I remember one of the, um, I don't know if it was one of the workers or something, came to kneel by my ear. And she whispered in my ears, do you know Jesus? To be honest, I just burst out laughing. And she snapped me out of that um, thing completely. Because she actually thought I was going through an exorcism because of the way I was just shaking back and forth on the ground. And I managed to tell her that. Like, no, no, yes, yes, actually, I do know Jesus. So she left me alone and just figured out that I was having an encounter. Honestly, I couldn't show my face again after that. And I was happy the conference was over. That was the last session. And my friends had even gotten tired of me over the last few days. That evening, they made me sit in the aisle seat so that if anything happens, I will just display comfortably in the aisle and not disturb anybody in the middle of the row. That's how bad he had gotten. But we were also lucky that day because we had woken up early, we got on the queue to enter the center early, and we found seats on the ground floor near the very front of the stage. I think we were like on the second or third row. So that day we were lucky during the breaks, we got to meet Chris Fallotin, Eric Johnson, the Beyonce's of the church world, you know. So it really crowned the entire conference for her. And of course, like we got pictures and it's posting all over the internet right now. Anyway, so um, I keep saying I would end the series on Bethel, but there's so many stories and so many things that happened to us um, while we were there. And when I was writing out my podcast, trying to arrange my stories, I remember that, you know, one of my friends that we came, traveled with, she was smelling of smoke at the end of the stewarding encounter session. She had no idea she was on fire. While that session was going on, she had taken a break to get some air and coffee. And when she came back, I legit thought she went for a smoke break. And I knew she didn't smoke. Whilst everyone was falling all over the place, well, check out episode 5. I speak about the stewarding encounter session. While everyone was falling all over the place, her own encounter was internal. She was literally on fire. The only problem is she had no clue she was aflame and she could not smell herself. But myself and my other friend could smell her. The smoke hung on her body for the rest of our time in Reading. We had so much happen to us in the five days we were there. I don't think I could ever document it all with any accuracy. And we have never been the same since then. And this friend that was on fire, she likes feeling like someone that can't, you know, 
buckle under the Holy Spirit, you know, when everyone's falling all around, she can control it and sit still. So when we told her that she was actually, you do realize you're on fire, right? And she was like, what do you mean? It was just really interesting how God can display himself in different ways. And don't feel bad sometimes if you, if you see everyone else having an encounter physically. Yours might be going on internally. Um, so yeah, just just to put that out there. Anyway, um, when you encounter God, really, it's literally impossible to remain the same. If you feel you've met with God, but nothing has changed, I have to ask you to analyze your encounter. Did you really meet with God? Because when you meet him, there are certain things that will change, real material things in your life, or your relationship with him, or the way you pray, or the way you yearn for him, or how you want to feed on the Bible and the word even more. So if you feel like you went through an experience and nothing has changed in your life, I think you need to just speak with God and just ask him more about what is going on. After we returned to Lagos, I was bent on fulfilling prophecy. I had a deep desire to do something quickly. The three of us that traveled there were um, directors at a foundation called Seven with Love, a non-profit foundation called Seven with Love. One of us had a co-founded the organization. So one day while I was just talking to God, I got my answer. I was trying to find out what do I do with this prophecy we received from California. They said we had an assignment in Lekki. Is it one assignment? Is it assignment for many years? Is it what are we supposed to do? I got the idea to start an after-school learning program for less privileged children in Lekki. I presented the idea to the founders of the foundation, who were also friends of mine, and they were thrilled because it was something they were also thinking about doing. So I got to work. It felt like, at that time, it felt like it was my life's mission. Um, I approached the director of a very well-known international IT program to sponsor the networking of this school. He committed to donating 20 brand new computers and all the networking required for free. He said I had come to meet him at the right time as he was looking for how to expand his CSR um, activities. Now, before I started having children, I used to volunteer at the Shelter for Abused Women and Children, also in Lekki. I would go there after school hours and do homework and lessons with the children from the surrounding area. The kids were usually fed lunch at these lessons, and sometimes that would be the only meal they would have that day. As I thought about this program, I knew the shelter had an unused space in their building that would take 20 computers and desks comfortably. So I approached the director of the shelter, and she was ecstatic, and I got to work. I was able to coordinate the setup quite quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank God I was, I'm, I'm an interior designer, so I was able to just do the layout really quickly. The IT school came in, did the setup. Um, it wasn't the easiest thing at the time, but fast forward three to four months, the school was ready to go. We planned to teach about 100 children a week from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., 
according to their grade, primary one and two on Monday, primary three and four on Tuesday, and so on, up to secondary school level. And we would provide a small snack as well. So we named it the Digital Learning After School Program. It has been running for two years now without interruption. Our IT partner provided us, provided us with teachers and we only had to pay their very discounted salaries. He gave us everything else for free, over 7 million naira worth in hardware, software, and labor, and he gave it quickly. I still pray for him because he made it so easy for me. God made it so easy for me. Um, physically, it was hard graft, but the things flowed and it got done. Many thanks to 7 We Love members who backed us up financially as well. On May 13, 2018, roughly about seven months after we left California, the school was launched. Children that had never used a computer ever before were now being taught on a computer. Today, many of them are doing their homework on the computer, their drawing, doing graphic design, website development, using Microsoft Excel, Word. They are reading books and exploring other parts of the world digitally. The same children that may never have had access to a computer are now proficient in using computers. And it's just a wonderful thing, really. And because someone stood up in faith to answer God and prophesy to us all the way in California, this computer school was birthed. I pray for anyone now who has an anointing to do any work, be it to see, to speak, or engage the saints. May God grant you a clearer vision and the requisite fire to burn in you so you may accomplish what has been set before you. When I get to heaven, if they ask me, so what did you do on earth? At least I can mention the digital learning after school program.